Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 7, Episode 14, titled Grand Finale. My name is Joe Batanz from the podcast Catching Up, and I am joined by America's next drag superstars. From the podcast Dubious Intent Plus, Baker, Barista, Brewer, Daniel Brewer. <laughs> you know what, Joe Batanz? Seeing you dressed as a Mexican hobo in the finale crowd gave me life. Yes. <laughs> and from the podcasts Big Silly Homo and Cocktails and Cream Puffs, give it up for salt, pepper, sugars. <laughs> yeah. Ms. Donna Sugars. Because you want something savory with something sweet. <laughs> Get into it. Yeah. Get into it. Literally, Get into girl. It. Get into it. Rip the plastic off and let's use it. This week, the final three queens lip-synced for their lives one more time. We learned about the Curse of Pearl. Katya was named Miss Congeniality, and we all watched as Violet Chachki snagged one more crown. Wait, ah, fuck that joke up. Was crowned America's next drag superstar. Ladies, any initial thoughts on the episode? I, uh... I uh, here's what happened. All right, so I, as you know, I always watch these at a bar, and uh, this was no exception. Yes. I, went, I went to the finale. Now, the 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 previous week, it was dead in the bar, right? Of course, and all season long, there's maybe been twenty people total in the bar. Mm-hmm. So I went uh, to the bar, got there about fifteen minutes before the show, and it was packed. It was completely packed. It was like the most people I've ever seen shoved into this bar in my life. Uh, and it was like struggling to find a seat there to be able to actually see it, and. Uh, they they were kind of chatty during the show, which really annoyed me. But um, shut up! I know. And uh, but uh, it was uh, I couldn't look when she called out the winner. It's like I, I I literally you know had my head turned away, but I was so relieved when it was Violet Chachki. It's like I I. <laughs> I am going to say it now. It'll be on the recording, and we can keep it for posterity. Next year, when the finale happens, I'm going to be in that bar with Daniel Brewer. There you go. Excellent. There it is. Oh, wait, now, now that I know that there's an event in New York City that I can somehow finagle tickets to, I'm I'm going to try that. But we can talk about that later. Yes. You guys can go together. Right. Yes, Donna. Meet we'll there. meet. We'll meet in yeah. the big city, Donna. Oh, I can have a Samantha moment and a tutu and a bus. Uh, I was the joke I was going for was about you know Violet Chachki as we discussed last time we recorded. I am so you know, disappointed. I am so disappointed in you, Joe. But he she just said I'm going for a Samantha moment with the bus. You should have said, oh, you'll flood your basement. Oh, yeah. I'll flood my basement. Okay, sorry, go ahead. I stepped all over your stepping on. That's the, right. Stepping on the joke. Uh, but I was trying to you know reference the the fact that Violet Chachki is involved in the whole stealing of Sharon Needle's crown. Uh, did well, you now see? she didn't need to because now she has her own. Well, that's what's funny is um, I guess when it happened, you know, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, Alaska wrote something to the effect of uh, people who need to steal crowns don't win or people who don't win crowns need to steal them. Yes. And so she wrote something shady about how she like, I guess her, her comment was wrong from a few years ago. Ah, yeah, I, I read something about there being some Alaska thing, but Alaska deleted her tweets, so I couldn't go back and see what they were. And, oh, she uh, deleted it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Well, as unusual it is as it is for us, uh, we're actually going to start with the runway looks. Ms. Donna Sugars, are you ready to give us your thoughts on the runway looks? Yes, I am. And thank you to Tumblr for someone posting a wonderful uh, post with all the looks. 
So girls, let's start with the top. Miss Tempest, girl, she's giving you Mother Mary, come to me. Hey, she, she, is, she is a top. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Jasmine, uh, she's giving you Miss America, 14th runner-up. <laughs> Candy, I, I've learned that the bigger the dress, the smaller the talent. Jaden, <laughs> darling, I, I couldn't tell if your outfit was supposed to look like that or if you were just attacked by a man bear pig. <laughs> Trixie, honey, did, did you get that outfit from a Honey Boo Boo yard sale? <laughs> yes. Kennedy, honey, bitch is just getting back to her roots, honey. You girl, it's all over you. Oh, goodness. And Pearl, now Pearl, was that the same outfit you wore on the last episode, girl? You just took the overshaw off? Girl, I, ooh, shady lady. Sasha, honey, girl, I will mail you a brush, okay? At this point, I go to the 99 cent store. You get them for a dollar. I know there's a dollar somewhere. Well, obviously, no one probably gives you a dollar at the club. Tasha, darling. Tasha is just giving you this very simple, elegant... She's she's the okra queen 1976. <laughs> now, I, I wanted to love Max's outfit, but I'm a tourist and I'm predisposed to hate a, a Libra. Sorry. Now, darling. Oh, God. Yes. Miss Fame. Miss Fame. Gotta, you're such a beautiful statue, but you look like you're covered in graffiti with all that shit. Girl, cover up the tattoos, girl. I mean, you're a makeup artist. You can't cover up your own tattoos. Oh, God. Katya, yes, I loved Katya. <laughs> Katya, <laughs> she was giving you Twin Peaks dream sequence, yes. And I love how the dream sequence was on her Twin Peaks. Ginger girl, I just ate. Okay, would you please cover up those damn arms? I'm, now I'm hungry for cottage cheese. This is inappropriate. And Violet, darling. Violet, she's giving you a Betty Boop acid trip. And I love it. Yes. Thank God you loved one. Did you did you really hate like every single look? There are some looks that I love Katya's. I fucking loved. I lived for Katya's. I know and the, I love Katya's Tempest because Tempest went out there and did something fucking cuckoo magoo. But it was it was crazy. You know what? But I really loved Tempest's red carpet look, which had kind of like cartoon uh, pow and zap things. So she had like a big cartoon pow written above her head, like she'd been hit. You know, like pow, like an old Batman kind of thing. But the, the thing about Katya is Katya, once again, proving that she is the most cerebral queen out there. Um, yeah, it was a Twin Peaks inspired dress because that's what the floor, that's the pattern of the floor in the Twin Peaks dream sequence. And of course, they were missing on her tits, which were her Twin Peaks are. So it was just kind of like, it's a little, I even had to Google that one. It was a little, it was a little cerebral there. So. Now, I have to say that th some of these outfits, I mean, obviously some people had different runway looks and they did uh, the outfits that they actually walked on stage with. Ginger, I am really surprised Ginger was in the top three and yet she walked out onto this stage in the same outfit she wore on the pink, uh, on the I red know. carpet. What's like, that all about? You plan, plan another outfit. And this outfit was nothing. It was a blue sequence mini dress showing off your giant gams and your giant arms. Like, n nobody wants to see it. I want to say that in the videos that they did, I'm sorry, Joe, we're like, we're taking over your show. And no, tell us, tell us that we're all over the road here. Do, do, do you have something later about the three premiere videos that they put out? Each of the top three put out videos. No, I have nothing to say on their that. on their own. Anyway, I th I believe Ginger's video that she put out, she's actually wearing the same dress that she wore in the last chat. You know, in the last that runway. just tells yeah. you she's out of shit. <laughs> anyway, 
we can talk. We can talk about those videos later because I, I so want to talk about those videos. But anyway, I'm, I'm ultimately sure she already used up every favor she had to get the outfits for the show, and and now that she doesn't have a hundred thousand dollars, she owes people money. Right. All right. <laughs> Joe Batance, you, well, sir, by the way, were in the audience. In the audience. Uh, if you would like to hear an amusing anecdote about uh, Joe Batance uh, giving business to a local uh, bar. What was it? Uh, an Armenian bar? What was it? Uh, Argentine bar. A local Argentine bar. Basically, did they give you free drinks for like filling up no. their bar? No. Uh, I went a few days later and they didn't even remember me. <laughs> but oh. uh, if you want to hear an amusing anecdote about Joe Batance parading down uh, the, uh, the the central drag there to the Orpheum Theater with, uh, with 30 gay people in tow... Like a bunch of newsies following him down the road there. Uh, you should listen yeah. to his podcast, Catching Up with Joe and Mike. Uh, and- uh, the, what I wanted to say here is I, I – okay, when I went the year before this season six finale, yes, I wept at the opening. Like wept, like tears coming down my face. I have to tell you something. I wept at this one too, and this is why I get so angry at the editors of this show – is they should just let it breathe. You know, they should let, like, let the queens walk down. Okay, you have to cut it a little bit, but they, they walk down, a, a, they walk a lot, and you could let them walk a little bit, give them the fucking moment. And, but even with RuPaul's entrance, you know, they, they really, really just shortchanged it. Like, she did this really cool thing where she was just pointing at a bunch of people in the audience while, while everyone was clapping. Yes. But they only showed one, and they made it seem like she was pointing at Miley Cyrus, which right. I know where Miley Cyrus was sitting. She wasn't sitting anywhere where RuPaul was pointing. <laughs> but they must have gotten some footage of Miley Cyrus pointing. So they were like, oh, we can make it like they're pointing at each other. But I was like, no, they should have let it breathe. Ugh, I got so mad at the edits on this show. It's all that quick cut MTV style edits. And I'm just like, let the moment breathe. Thank you. That's my thoughts. Okay. Now, I want to say about the Miley Cyrus thing. Apparently, that was not a known thing. They did not invite Miley Cyrus there. She bought a ticket and came and they were, you know, from my World of Wonder, uh, you know, behind the scenes birdies. They're telling me that mm-hmm. they, that was completely unexpected. And they she came back backstage afterwards and hung out and took pictures with everyone. Um, yes, there are a ton of pictures yeah. of her backstage with Rue and with all the girls yeah. after the show. But she was not invited to the finale. She basically bought a ticket. She's a fan of the show, bought a ticket, and wanted to be there. So they were all very surprised. Which would to, actually yeah, to add to the fact that Rue didn't know where she was. She wasn't anywhere near there. Yeah. Now, she was, can, I, can I say something super shady like that yeah. I can't figure out and you guys maybe could fill in for me? Is that if you looked at the layout of this of this theater and you looked how everyone is. Now, you were there, so you might be able to fill this in here. Why is it like some bitches were way far back and some like why were the drag queens that were part of the show not presented in a better way? Because if you looked at it, the winner of two seasons ago, bitch was way in the back. Like, girl, why are you way back there? Like, why can't you be up front somewhere? Oh, 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 oh. you know why it is. And again, you know, Donna doesn't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. So they put those people up against the aisle. And house right because they asked questions. So actually, if you go to Logo TV's channel on uh, YouTube, they've posted actually the questions that didn't air. Which you should actually look at them because it 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 actually talks about what I just said. They just they really just put the raw footage up there as it was filmed and directed at when they 
taped it. Mm-hmm. And you see that they let the moments breathe, and it seems so much more natural and feels like a real episode. And you're like, oh, I really, really like this. You see the drag queens interact with each other. But anyway, so all those queens that are up against the aisle that you're talking about, they were there because they're going to ask questions. So Jinx asked a question. Alyssa asked a question. Right. Manila that's where the asked micro- a question. Yeah, that's where the microphones were. And that's, and that's where, where the microphone had, was. So they had the camera but... and the lighting set up there to do that. See, but you say that, and yet you look at, like, Manila Luzon was very heavily seen in the episode. She didn't even yeah. win her season. But you look at, like, Jinx Monsoon. There's one time that you see Jinx Monsoon, and it looks like she's in the fucking back row of the orchestra, like, passing out the fucking, here, welcome to the show. Like, she's not even part of it. She was so, it just looked very weird to me. It's like, in, bitch was a winner. She should be yeah. up front. In fairness, and I'm going I'm going to defend them a little bit here, just because, uh, now maybe I should wait. Because I know Joe is going to talk later about the, the audience sound and stuff like that. And I'm just going to say this, all right? I am responsible for doing the technical stuff on a live event that happens every year in Vegas. And miking things and setting things up, you know, for when you're not at your home place. Like if you're not like, all right, I'll give you an example. If, you, if you're Jimmy Kimmel and you have a, a regular studio that you produce a TV show in with a live studio audience, that that auditorium has like 30 to 40 mics around the auditorium that pick up audience noise. They're, they're built into the theater because it is built for a television production where they want to hear the audience. When you go to like the Orpheum Theater, it is not designed that way. It was designed as a Broadway theater that, you know, or a Broadway, you know, for plays and stuff. It was, it's not designed to, for the audience to be mic'd. And it is very tough to get the same kind of audience noise that you would hear. And it's, it's like, go back and listen to any of the live Pride 48 shows from Vegas. If you're in the room, you hear people laughing, you hear people talking, but you don't hear it necessarily on the audio, even though we have microphones pointing out at the audience. We like try everything we can do to, to mic the audience, but it's, it is a very tricky thing to mic a room like that to get we the same. We can talk about this now field. because it's relevant. Okay. Because uh, here's the deal, Daniel. Like I said, you can watch the pre show on uh, the World of Wonder, yep. uh, the WoW Presents channel on YouTube. Again, they just have the raw audience noise, mm-hmm. and you hear just the deafening uh, applause and cheers when Latrice comes out. You can hear the differences. Yep. They did something for political reason where every queen sounds the same. And I'm going to tell you, I think Katya mentions this in an interview, actually. The applause for her was thunderous, deafening, shaking the roofs, bringing the house down, matching RuPaul, and if maybe even exceeding it, um, energy for her. And they, they, you don't get that sense on the show. Like it, they all sound the same, okay. but, but clearly there were audience favorites. They were Max, they were Fame, they were Pearl, they were Violet, and they were Katya. Katya. And, I, and I'm, just to tie this back to what Donna was talking about, because I, I, I went off on the, the miking the audience. It is equally tough to light a, a place that is not designed for lighting like that. So seating them, it's like probably Manila, is that her name? Yeah. She was probably just center where she happened to be in good lighting because they just have camera people running up and down the aisles and those armed cameras. She probably just because of those big white tusks coming out her tits, she just She was in the front row <laughs> yeah. house right. Yeah, it was just it was probably just she was getting bleed over from the stage lighting or whatever and it was just well lit because you know, I saw Jinx but it was like she wasn't well lit. She was kind of like poked in the back there. And, you know, what I'm saying it's just the audience is not designed to be lit in a theater like that. It's like, you know, there's not house lights out there that, that come up in the same way that the stage lights do. It's like television and audio productions are just so completely different than what those theaters are designed for. 
Um, but also because, you know, basically the queens were all house right. Okay. They had, they had like Sharon was in the right. center and a couple other people were in Alaska and um, a couple other people were in the center. But for the most part, everyone was house right. And it could be, I think, for that roving camera that they had. If you have Jinx, yep. you know, anywhere else, how are you going to get her reaction? There's so many people to film. So if they put them against the aisle, not only can she ask the question, but then they have better lighting. You're right. And then the roving camera can be right in her face. Yeah. Much like the way they like an, an awards show. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so I just, I, it's a, I will give them a pass as much as I've been hard on the editors and whatever. And I'm not giving the editors a pass here, but I will give the production people a pass on it because I know that it is a, it is a Herculean task to, to, to get the same quality that you get in a studio when you're on location somewhere that is not designed for that. It's, it's, it takes a lot of equipment and it takes a lot of, of, of stuff that you just don't necessarily have. Well, and World of Wonder is so broke. So, I mean, obviously, they have no money at all to do any of that stuff. I don't, I don't know how they even make a show. I mean, they rolling coins to keep their lights on. Oh, God, because they have no, no hit shows. I mean, nobody yeah. watches Drag Race anymore. The stupid thing is they well, film. They film. The bitches, okay? I know. I get it. I get it. But the stupid thing is they film in a big soundstage in in LA. They they could have just filmed the uh, the the finale there, and they would have had all the stuff they needed. They would have had the right lighting and sound equipment stuff. But yeah, to to do it in a in a theater that is designed for live performances. It's. I think it's gotten to the point that it needs to be in something great. Like you need to. Tr- this really is a huge thing, and it needs to be treated uh, as a great thing. And it's huge, and more people the better. I mean, I that place was fucking packed, and I think that's great. All right. So I want to know, Joe, is that your only complaint about the editing, or, or am I stepping on your 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 lineup here? Because is that. Is it just the no, fact other that other little things, but they, they pertain to moments in the show. But for the most part, as a whole, like the opening was so like, for instance, when she said, you better and then blew the whistle and all the queens marched out. Yep. And then they stood there. It was so much more fierce in real life. And they, they held it. You know, you're there. And so the moments a lot bigger mm-hmm. and they cut right away. I don't know why they cut so quickly after that. Like, let it sit, do a master shot from, you know, from the balcony showing all the queens lined up and them just standing there. But they didn't. They just cut, they just cut really fast as if like the audience were like 13 year old ADD kids well. and couldn't watch anything for more than half a second. <laughs> If you well, were in, realize if, the show was already an hour and a half, so they might have been really stuck at, we have to keep this at an hour and a half. You don't know what Logo has said. I mean, this this probably easily could have been a two-hour finale and really had let some of this stuff been in there, but they kept it really tight to an hour and a half, so it really could have just been how they edited all that footage into one show. It could be, but like, but then we get to a bigger topic, which is make it two hours. What else are you going to show? Cucumber and banana? Another episode of Cucumber and Banana on that local yeah, TV? Yeah. Or here's the, a- show, the show that after three episodes in the UK you got so obsessed with that you immediately purchased and threw on the air as if you had somehow made the show yourself. Oh, no, Logo. It was on the BBC first, so shut the fuck up. Or you could do it over two weeks, right? Instead of having that Redux show last week, you could have had those interviews with the Queens. Um, yes, and then, absolutely. And then done the performances and the crowning this week. It doesn't matter. It, it's, it, it is what it is. We can't change any of those. These are all things beyond our control. Joe Batants, continue forward, sir. Well, let's go to the first segment. So as we learn, each of the queens is going to lip sync for her life. And first up, 
Ginger Minns performed a gospel number called Pray and Slay, and then during her sit-down interview with Rue, Ginger shared with us the nature of her tell-it-like-it-is attitude. Darian Lake asked Ginger whether it was time for a big girl to win the competition, John Waters sent a message of support, and Ginger's dad brought her to tears. Ladies, any thoughts on Ginger's performance, on Ginger's interview, on her answers to the questions? I do have a lot to say about this particular segment. I'm actually really, really impressed that Ginger could get to that icy hot as fast as she did to produce those tears. Because I don't think she's physically able to show emotions on that level. They weren't the first tears that I've seen her cry. So yes, I, I will uh, will give her that. It is weird to me that I, I have heard an interview from one of the uh, gay podcasts, uh, Feast of Fun, that they did with Ginger Minge, where she talked favorably about her father. And this was long before the finale was filmed. Um, and it, she didn't talk about being estranged from her father on that show. So it's it's surprising to me. And he, and in all honesty, her father's reaction sounded surprised to me. You know what I'm saying? Like him, him saying like, to hear that I was, you know, that I abandoned you or whatever makes me feel like I failed as a father. He's like, he genuinely seemed like he, he was confused <laughs> about what she was saying. You know what I'm saying? Like he was concerned that she actually thought this and uh, cause it, it sounded like on the podcast that she, where she did an hour long interview that she was, she had a great relationship with her mother and her father. So it was, it was a bit, that was the thing that, that kind of really threw me. The thing I want to ask you, Joe, yeah. before you get to your thing, this is one of my three questions that I wrote down for Joe. Um, were there video monitors that you guys yes. could see for the pre-records or was that yes. post? All right, so that so no, no, no. so you could see the 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 thing. Was there was it already scored or did they edit and score it later? No, the the packages were already scored, but what's funny is they edited down the packages from what we saw. Not Ginger's. Ginger is pretty much what you saw, but we can get to the other ones later, but there's somewhere I was like, "Why did they edit that down?" I know to make it 90 minutes, but like I don't know. I feel you could have trimmed somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, Ginger's Ginger's was was the most heavily scored. I mean, it had the the sad piano music under her dad. Yeah, no, they had it. It was all there. That was awesome. already done. Um, what did I, you think of her performance, Donna, for the gospel number? It was okay for what it was. It it seemed like it was one of those like you just found out about it the day before, and you're trying to throw something together real quick. I, I think that it's really sad because if you look at someone like they they did cut to pork chop uh, pork yeah, pork chop Parker, which I, I gotta love this girl. If you ever saw the documentary about the drag queens, you can see how much time and effort goes into drag queens planning epic performances. And I feel like the three performances we saw as I mean Ginger's was just Ginger's it. It looked like it was just hastily thrown together. There was really no effort put into it. And it was just like, oh, okay, well, I'm singing kind of a gospel number. Like, let's throw her in a robe. Like, it's just kind of boring. To me, I, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But I believe it was the four, the same four dancers for all three queens. It was. That's um, what it looked It looks like they were, I mean, and that's, they've done that in the last couple of years. Where they but I, I think that table. is more of a union. I think that's more of a case of this is, you know, there's a... a you know, the, the actors union, you know, they, in other words, this is, this is a union show or a, what do they call it? An equity show. So you have to have, you know, union dancers or whatever. So it's not like, cause most drag queens will have dancers from their club or dancers, you know, that they, that they do stuff with regularly. Um, oh no, no. And I totally get that, but it's, it, 
how I'm I'm curious how much time they had to prepare something. So I'll tell you how much time. No, you, to be perfectly honest with you, you know how much time they had? Almost an entire fucking year because they knew they were in the top three a year ago. It's just like uh, you know. No, but I think it's in for her their number. I would say the weekend when they came in for DragCon, they learned the number because they're very short. They're only like a minute or a minute and a half long. It's like I just feel that if. Okay, knowing that, okay, you have these same dancers, the dance has to be something easy that they can all do. It, I wish that a little more effort had been put into the production of it, because I don't... I, I think that all three of them are capable of more than what was given. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. And if you, if you really, if you go back and watch the performances, Pearl's, I wouldn't even call it a dance, it was a walk across the stage. And he's like, you know, she basically walked uh, staring into a mirror, whereas Violet also was pretty much a... a you know, yeah, just taking off her clothes and taking walking. Taking off yeah. her clothes and walking. It's like, so I think the dancers learned their dance ahead of time, and then the drag queens just had this. So I, I will give Tinder props for at least being the most dance like of the three. Um, you know, but I, I again, I, I, I think it's just a production element that, that was giving me. It looked like all three of them flubbed their words, but I don't know if that was. Did, did you see that in person or Pearl was that? Especially Pearls was really like yeah, bad. Yeah. Was that yeah. was that in person or was that just let, they were out of sync? Well, no, you can't tell in person. On camera, I could tell, but in person, you couldn't tell so much. Yeah. So uh, to me, they all seem fine, but uh, yeah, because that that would be another know. really tricky production thing there because you need to pull the sound of the song off the main board, which could have some electronic delays from the time that the video. You know, what I'm saying it's it's milliseconds, but it would be enough to throw off a, a lip sync like that. So that's true. Uh, okay, so let me tell you my thoughts on her interview. And they, they really cut it down, maybe maybe because they don't like her or because they like her. I felt when I was there, it was extremely manipulative, extremely like pageant girl manipulative. And so one of the things they did not show, because one of the questions, what would you do with the $100,000? And they didn't, they didn't they'd cut it from her interview. I would and go to said, a hospice and I would do drag. Daniel, it's not far from that. <laughs> she was like... Well, I wasn't going to talk about this, but... There are gators in Gatorland that have lost their teeth. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about this, but I guess I'm talking about this right here. Oh, my grandfather died a week ago. And he and my grandmother... you know, they were Oh, so God. Okay, and so I would use that money to pay off... Because he left her with nothing. And so now I would use to pay off her house so she could live a good life. That's what I would do with the money. And uh, even during her crowning. Well, now she's just going to die. Yeah, no. She didn't win. <laughs> she didn't win. So now Ginger's grandmother is going to die broke. Oh, wow, that sucks. And, uh, and during her win, to, during her crowning, the, 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 you know, the alternate crowning with Ginger Min, she said, I guess I'm just dedicating this to my grandfather. This is for you, Grandpa. You know, and I was just like, "Oh, you fucking bitch!" It's so manipulative. It's so du- it was so uh, ugh. I was so grossed out by it. And the whole interview seemed very like polished, manipulative tears. Yeah. Well, then maybe that's why they cut it down because they knew. I mean, by the time that you're doing the editing, they knew who wins. So it's like they they've made their decision as to who the winner's going to be at the time that they're doing the editing of that. So they might have just cut that out because well, she doesn't win anyway, and this is like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was so dumb. It was so, so dumb. And so that really uh, uh, bothered me. Now, uh, I was going to talk about the missing questions, but you can actually watch them on Logo TV's channel on YouTube. But there were two missing questions. Um, or maybe there was just one missing question. But the question that I really liked was the one about uh, 
Uh, no, there's two. The first question was um, from Darian Lake, and it was, is it time for a big girl to win? Mm-hmm. I actually, then, you know what? I'm going to defend Ginger here. I liked her answer to that, which she finally said, I don't want to win because I'm fat, but uh, I want to win because I did the best. And it was yeah. just kind of like, because that to me, her argument, you know, it's time for a big girl to win to me has always seemed like, I'm fat, give me a crown. It's just kind of like, you know what? It's like, it's, it's, where is it written that it's time for a, a big girl to win? You know, I don't, I am a uh, person of heft. Mm-hmm. Oh, bullshit. I call <laughs> bullshit on this. Heft what? Compared I'm just saying. And Joe? I know, I'm just saying that. The three of us, bitch. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, being a heavy girl is not an immutable thing, right? It's just kind of like uh, one of those things. It's difficult. I can't, I have a really hard time losing weight, and you know, it's it's one of those things that you fight with all your life. But eat a cookie, bitch. Yeah. In long in long story short, though, is not like you know you you you're. It's time for a one arm drag queen to win, right? It's it's like something that you basically. You can change, right? So who's to say that if she wins as a big girl, she's not going to go lose weight and then she won't be a big girl anymore. So. Yeah, she would be so creepy if she were skinny. I, I can't, I cannot imagine. Anyway, I was, I'm giving her kudos for saying I didn't want to win because I was fat. Finally, I'm glad to have heard that. So. And then the other question, and it came from Jinx Monsoon, and you can get, you can watch this online, was about uh, a resume online that Ginger had that said she was uh, an experienced costume designer, which uh, I felt, I guess she was kind of prepped for it, but she gave like, she like, oh, you know, like basically how it was from a long time ago and going to buy things or something. (laughs) And by costume designer, I mean... I No, but someone pointed out online to that answer that she also says in the same resume that she's a choreographer. <laughs> and she says she can't dance. Right. So... Let's call a spade a spade. She's fucking... Uh, she's not on what, Kennedy yet, Donna. She's, <laughs> she's doing what everybody does. She's bullshitting her resume, except somebody finally called her out on her bullshit. No, except okay? she, she forgot. She somehow forgot that it's 2015 and everything you say is already recorded and online somewhere. It's not like people can't find this shit out. Jesus. Yeah. It's kind of like Fox All News right. saying this didn't happen, and she's like, you've been in the Daily Show pulls like nine clips where they said it did happen. It's just kind of like, what the fuck? Let's move on to Pearl next. Pearl lip synced to a song called Sleepwalker during her sit down interview. Pearl commented on the curse of Pearl. Took some questions from the audience, where Alaska asked on behalf of Xavier if everyone wants to fuck her, and Pearl gave a diplomatic answer. Ladies, any thoughts on Pearl's segment? Donna? Donna, you're muted. Donna. I'm sorry. I just nodded off for a moment, just like <laughs> she did when she was on stage. <clears throat> yeah, you know, she Pearl should definitely give the editors a blowjob or a present because her, her interview was so... Well, no. She's very charming on stage. I'll give her that. But she doesn't... She's not the best at being interviewed. She gives kind of rambling answers and then, you know, van, plays to the audience and it doesn't play well on TV. And so the fact that they were able to edit something coherent out of what she gave them is really, really, really smart. I That's on the part of the editors. My favorite part of the curl the Pearl interview was the uh at the introduction of the Curse of Pearl segment. Yeah. There is a brief clip of the audience. Yeah. 
uh, where an eagle-eyed viewer, uh, eagle-eyed listener of ours, has sent us a screen cap of this. Even yeah. where a Mexican hobo-looking Joe Batanz can be seen. <laughs> and where is said clip? Oh, I, I, I I'll send here. I'll send you the uh, the the picture. But yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, <laughs> Yes, it was uh, right there, right when he says the curse of Pearl, and it clips to the audience. There is a uh, a, a boy wearing a pink uh, shirt, like a pink jacket. What is it? What would you call that? A pink? Yeah, like a pink sport coat. Or yeah, something? sport coat or whatever. And right behind him, uh, he's is, is uh, what appears to be uh, that guy from Third Rock from the Sun. What's his name? Right beside John him. Lithgow. Yeah, it appears to be John Lithgow in disguise right next to him but then right where i just went to french stewart <laughs> i know like and then, french stewart and then right over his left shoulder appears to be a very young um guy from mad men and then but over his other shoulder is a mexican hobo joe batanz so uh <laughs> i'm just saying doesn't it kind of look like uh, what's his name uh uh what's his name from mad men uh john ham doesn't that look like a, a young john ham right next to you there where is this picture? Are you sharing it with me? No, not yet. I'm trying to. <laughs> While you're doing that, Daniel, one thing I will say is, so when so when Pearl was asked the question how she felt about how everyone wanted to fuck her, it was actually really cute. I could see how they didn't put it on TV because it was really long, but she was really genuinely embarrassed and coy about it and, like, giggling and really, really amused. So, so while she was, you know... Sort of blushing, Rue asked the audience, to, she said, let's take a poll. How many people in the audience want to fuck Pearl? And the entire audience, like, raised its hand. <laughs> and I thought that was a really visual moment they would have capitalized on, but they didn't. She, she, she was the milk of the season when it comes to, I want to fuck you as a boy. Like, that's, and that's fine. I, I, she's not my type, but uh, okay. Yeah. There you go. A rough trade. She's definitely my type as a boy. Were you able to find this Wait picture, out. Daniel? I, I've posted, the, uh, Don, I've posted a picture in our Google chat here if you can see it. You open your chat window there and you can see it. So they edited her answer to be a very diplomatic, cool answer. But again, she was very like giggling and coy and turning red and so embarrassed. And it was good. You know, they also, I will say, were very kind to her mother. Pearl's mother. Mother of Pearl. Mother of Pearl. Mother of Pearl. Was so rambly and all over the place. And it was like, I was actually thinking like, oh, this is so awkward. Because Pearl, like Ginger's mother was also rambly. Mm-hmm. But they didn't really show her. But Ginger's mother was also rambly. But Ginger was actually, I'll give Ginger this. Because I think she's used to pageants and, and stuff with theater and whatnot. So she was able to jump in and sort of save her mom. Give her mom like sort of the, yeah. the life preserver she needed to hold on to. So she would jump in and help her mom out. Pearl just let her mom drown. And so the, the mom would be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was edited well enough. It looked like Pearl did save her at one point when she said she started a fan page and a bunch of gay boys. Yeah. And then she trailed off. And then uh, RuPaul said, asked for sex. And then Pearl was like, no, that was my <laughs> yeah. page. Right. And it was yeah. Like, yeah. So it looked yeah, like she, so, yeah. Yeah. Editing so they was. edited it well. It seemed like very coherent. It seemed very, very, uh, like everything worked really well. So I, I, I here's give a, a job, but. My my overall thoughts on Pearl, I'm sorry if I stepped on you there, but my overall yeah. thoughts on Pearl, I kind of knew at the end of Pearl's interview that she was not going to win. It was it was just kind of yeah, like... Yeah, I, I, I think I got the sense, and this is what made it so fun, was that Pearl knew she wasn't going to win. Like I said, it's hard, you, you can't really show these moments on the show. She had a lot of fun. She had more fun with the show than Violet or Ginger did, who it seemed like they were both taken more seriously. So like... 
So, you know, after they filmed the segment, the cameras turn off and they reset and they do everything. Pearl would engage with the audience and play with them and and uh, where Violet and Ginger didn't really do that. Not because I think they were bitches, but just because they had a lot on their mind. But Pearl was just sort of having fun with it. That's why I'm saying, like, that doesn't really come across on the TV because I don't think she plays to television. Right. Where I think I- she plays an audience more. I give the I get the impression with Pearl, and this could just be how we have perceived her, that she is really shocked she made it as far as she did, and she's just kind of rolling with it. She's just like, okay, I mean, hey, if I win, I win. Like I like I I I don't think she thought she was going to get on the show and win the entire thing. No, no. As a matter of fact, agree. she she is the one that Kasha Davis was trying to throw shade at that she's only been doing drag for seven months because Pearl has only been doing drag for more than seven months, but she's, she's been doing drag for less than two years. Um, she didn't start doing drag until a little under two years ago in Chicago. So she's very, very new to all this. Yeah. But you know, and we could talk about this at the end when we talk about Violet. I don't think the number of years that you do it is important. Oh no, no, not at all. But I'm just saying that was the, 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 you know, that's the other, you know, the I'm fat, give me a crown. The the uh, analog to that is, of course, you know, ah, it's my turn. I've been doing this for, you know, forever, yeah. give me a crown, right? It's like, we can talk about that when we talk about Mrs. Kasha Davis. But well, but, but I think where, where the distinction has to be drawn is that there are people who can jump into the industry, be entertaining, be great, people love. Like Pearl looks amazing, pulls off these amazing looks, and I'm sure when she's performing the club is entertaining. And then you have people like Shangela, who had come on after doing it for two months, had no fucking clue how to do makeup, didn't know how to sew, didn't know shit about shit. Or someone like this year, Sasha, who I swear... Just like went on eBay, bought all the shit she needed to become a drag queen, oh, had no fucking up. clue what the fuck she was doing in, and just like, hey, I'm a drag queen now. Like, there's a difference between those people who, like, I want to be a drag queen and then kind of throw their shit together, and then the people who are like, I am a drag queen, and they bust their ass in the very beginning. So after a few months, you're like, that bitch is a drag queen. No, the thing that gets me though, and is that I've always I always use this analogy for people. It's like if you've ever seen the movie, if you've ever seen the video, the music video thriller. Um, yeah. the famous Michael Jackson one. It's like those dancers, some of them have been dancing for, you know, 10 years and, and, uh, or, or more. They're professional dancers, they're professional backup dancers, la da da. It's like, I guarantee you, they worked a month on that routine and Michael Jackson walked in there the day before and did it. It's just like, cause Michael Jackson is a very talented dancer. It's like, that's why he's famous, right? He's, he's got talent. He doesn't need to like go through a month of rehearsal to do this. That's why you're a backup dancer and he's the talent. It's just like, it has nothing to do with how long you do it. It's, it's whether you But have at the same the time, those two different people, people who are naturally talented versus people who have put the effort in, I, I guarantee there are people that were in those background dancers in that video that were probably just as good as he was. Could be. So, all right, so let's move on, actually. So let's move on to Violet Chachki. Finally, Violet Chachki brought down the house with her number, Too Many Daddies. During her sit-down with Rue, Violet shared the sh- source of her confidence and revealed that she has been making her own clothes since grade school. During fan questions, Gia asked about how someone should start and drag, and Mimi M. First asked who Violet voted for sh- for Shadiest Queen. Uh, by the way, with that great quote, which I love then, which was like, if you can't hate yourself, how in the <laughs> how hell you are you going to hate, hate somebody, somebody else? else? Yeah. Uh, ladies, any thoughts on Violet Chachki's segment? She was giving a very burlesque Adita Von Teese feel. It was very much a, a tits and feathers girl kind of kind of number. I can appreciate that. I, I, if you're going to wear titty tassels, 
learn how to twirl them, girl. She didn't do that at all. Like, I, I was honestly expecting a moment where she's just going into full eights and getting them, sh- like, twirling like helicopter blades. But nope, didn't get that at all. To me, unfortunate. I, I liked her number the most. I, I liked, I thought, after seeing her numbers, like, that is the best of the numbers. That, that, that Of the three numbers done there, this was definitely the best number. My opinion of it... Uh, multiplied exponentially when I found out later that she designed and made that costume herself. It was just like, that's, that's like amazing to me. It's just kind of like, that was, you know, that was really well done. Same four dancers, which I didn't think were that great of dancers, but I thought what she did was great. Um, if you've ever tried to do the little, uh, pull off a, a glove with another gloved hand. It's not easy. She did it flawlessly. Uh, Wait, so. How often are you doing that? <laughs> well, we can talk about some other time, but I'm just saying it's, uh, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. So it's like, uh, she did it really well. And if you watch it back, she, she did the second glove to the music. It was, it was actually, she, I, I give her props for it. I thought it was a great performance. It was the only number where everybody leapt to their feet and gave a standing ovation. Ginger one gave, appreciative applause same thing with pearl people leapt to their feet again they cut that so it didn't seem like that but they right. cut they you know house went crazy for that number i can see why because it's not something you see every day it is it is something new it is you know maybe not you know completely brand new that you've never seen before but it's like the whole gender queer kind of androgynous thing that she does is new it is it is it's today it's not pageant queen that we've all seen a hundred thousand times right it's like yeah. you know I, I all the pre-show stuff that happened you know all those videos are available on the world of wonder account so you can, you can see latrice royale do her number you can see the house Which of was Edwards, amazing oh my god but it's still just standard drag right as opposed to what violet did was different and and i will give her props for that doing it something different now, what Violet did, though, is is nothing – like, there are – there's a drag show at Hamburger Mary's in West Hollywood that happens every Saturday night that is a combination of drag queens and burlesque. She is just taking that, and she's combined it, and she's a drag queen doing burlesque. So it's nothing uh, – the, the concept of mixing drag and burlesque is not a new concept. Oh, I no, think no. the fact that she say- has yeah. done it – the fact that she's brought it – I don't see any other queens doing that kind of drag on the show, I think, is where she's she's really representative on Drag Race. Yeah. No, I'm I'm saying as far as what we see on mainstream drag, if I can say that, I mean, I say that scarce quotes, mainstream drag, what we see on TV, we're not seeing, you know, what we're seeing from Violet is something that something new and it's and it's good. I like it. All right, let's actually go to the first group segment. So we went to a break, and we come back now, and there we find the first four Eliminated Queens. So during the first interview segment with the Eliminated Queens, we caught up with Tempest Du Jour, Sasha Bell, Jasmine Dior Fierce, and Kasha Davis. Uh, sorry, no. Oh, it's not Jasmine. It's Jasmine Masters. Jasmine Masters, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Jasmine <laughs> Masters and Mrs. Kasha Davis. Correct. <laughs> But if they had a kid, it could be Jasmine Dior Fierce. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Tempest made amends with Candy Ho. Rue jokingly threatened Sasha with a lawsuit. Jasmine tipped off Kennedy's true age, and Kasha showed off her bracelet slash violet corsets. Ladies, any thoughts on that initial segment? I do got... To, I, I, I'm so glad that Rue actually called the bitch out. You are doing a show 
in a club, I don't care if you're in the middle of Podunk, calling it Drag Race, then you go on Drag Race. Do you think that Rue isn't going to find out? Like, oh, what the fuck were you thinking? Dumb. Just dumb. Well, but that, that explains a lot about her. <laughs> I, I think in fairness, you know, it's like Drag Race is is not a copyrighted thing right it's like i don't know if you're aware of this donna but there's big cars that have big engines and they like right there it's actually called a drag race but have you ever heard the term drag race before this show no but you know what there's always there's always yeah yeah, yes like i i full-on have an expectation if if when i go on drag race if that happens if the show doesn't get canceled by then I have full expectation of Rue reading me under the table for all the podcasts I've done about her <laughs> and all the reading I have done of her and her show. And so I'm, I'm waiting for it. But I, I'll also own up to it. I'm not going to like, oh, I didn't know you knew about that. Like, I'm going to be like, hey, girl, at least now I know you listened. Like, I'll, I'll love it. The uh, Well, I would hope that you would actually just give the URL of the podcast at that point. Anyway, uh, but the... <laughs> The thing is, I'll have that printed on a T-shirt. <laughs> exactly, I just moment. pull it out at that moment. No, I. You know what? I I didn't have a problem with that. I I I know you have a thing against Kasha. Uh, I mean, not Kasha, a bit Sasha. But uh, no, I was. You know what? You you go in the middle of nowhere, and there's going to be, you know, somebody doing a drag race somewhere. It's if it's not Sasha Davis, it's going to be somewhere else. Um, I I I know you wrote here in the script that she jokingly talked about her lawyers, but I guarantee you there was some. There was some like uh you need to make sure that you know do not have the logo words in mm-hmm. there or have World of Wonder associated with that. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't say Sasha Davis from RuPaul's Drag Race this is Drag Race. You know, it's gotta be like it's gotta be completely independent of that. And and I do wanna just point out the fact that and I don't want anyone to think that I have a a problem with Sasha. Uh, I don't like some of the outfits she put out. What my problem is is that unfortunately I know another queen very much like her who drag is like, I want to try drag. And then they go online, they buy everything, they don't create anything, they don't know how to do hair, they don't know how to do makeup. And Donna, we know you're talking about me, all right? Just no, just leave no, it. And just I leave it. Who, and, and I won't mention who I'm talking about, but it's like she's not grown, she's not developed, and yet I the, the person I'm talking about now has her, she now hosts her own show, in a club, um, and and the, the, that boggles my mind. So you know it's what, like, it's, Donna? It's but this, Donna, this is what I've been trying to tell you, sweetie. It's like the only difference between that queen and you is that she like believes in herself that she can do it. It's like th- there is absolutely no reason at all that you should not be performing in Vegas when we're there at one of the local gay clubs as a guest performer. The only reason you don't is because you're letting people tell you that you can't. There you go. Ooh, you just got red, girl. I, I know. Did. I know. I, 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 what, I the am, day, sometimes the, I am my own worst The enemy. day you want to fire that little negative Nancy manager of yours, I am happy to take over. What? <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Uh, now, the, uh, the thing here, um, I, I know Jasmine had a very touching moment with Patty LaBelle, which, by the way, was so generic. Uh, yeah, it was, they were like, they were like, could you just do this mess? And she was like, what? What? She, because she said, like, thank you for showing up at all my concerts dressed as me. And it was like, no, 
Jasmine started doing drag because she dressed up as Patti LaBelle to win a ticket to a Patti LaBelle concert. It was a one-time thing. It was just, yeah. <laughs> thank you for showing up at all my concerts dressed as me. Um, yeah, it was, it was sweet of her to do, but it was clearly on a jet as she was like leaving <laughs> some kind of cell phone video on a private jet. It was just like, yeah. uh, whatever. However, uh, I think the thing, and I, I know I, this, this is going to be shady on my part, Jasmine talked about how horrible it was for people to be mean to her online and how she felt belittled and everything's like, then bitch, stop being, uh, stop being so bitchy. It's like the reason that people are, are calling you horrible names is because you were basically acting horribly towards other people. It's just like, it, it was your own fault. It wasn't like you were up there all sweetness and nice. And like, uh, people just like picked you out of the crowd. You were being genuine. You were talking shit about every single queen. And it was just oh, like, was she? Do you not remember the show? It's like, did you not watch RuPaul's Drag Race this season? It's like, yes. When Jasmine at the beginning of this season was just talking shit about everybody on every episode, it was like, was sh- and it was shady about the what she called deemed the younger queens right. or the less professional queens. Huh. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I definitely understand that. And and you know what? A lot of people make jokes about the, the hoarseness of her, right. and but the problem is, it's funny. And if you weren't such a bitch probably people wouldn't have been making those jokes about you. Right. People don't make fun of you when they like you. Right. Or if they do that, it's in a fun way. Like people hated you. So of course people treated you like shit. Right. No, so, like per- perfect example, ginger Minch. I fucking hate her. I treat her like shit. There we go. Yeah. To me, it was just more of a case of like, you know, I wish somebody would have said something to Jasmine. Like, well, do, do you think maybe if you weren't such a bitch, people wouldn't be so mean? It was just, have you tried with the, the whole honey thing? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis. Honestly, I, I watched it yesterday and I watched it on Monday and I honestly can tell you nothing about it. Here's I funny. can't remember anything about her. <sighs> Go ahead. On Reddit, people got a lot. She got a lot of love for her segment. People yeah, she was really and I funny. Did, yeah, I didn't people get thought that she was as great. Um, I thought it was fine. Here's my take on it. Here's my take on it. Maybe it's just me, but her 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 argument seemed to be, um, like, rude. The question was something akin to, "You were quite down on some of the younger queens," and and she said something along the lines of, "I was just saying that uh, someone who's only been doing for drag for seven months and I'm going to win, and she probably will, or she and she might win." You know, that was a dig on Pearl, and then to me, it was it's kind of like one of those things is like. Her her argument seemed to be that you needed to have been doing this for years in order to be taken seriously. And my re- rebut my rebuttal to Mrs. Kasha Davis, who I'm sure is a lovely person and I have no- nothing personally against, but it's like uh, my rebuttal to her would be, honey, maybe there's a reason why you tried out for seven years and didn't get on until this last one. It's just like, maybe you're just not that good. Just saying. There's always time for, for a rebuttal. Exactly. Anyway. Oh, and speaking of, I'd like to actually go back to a previous episode of this show yeah. where everyone's like, you don't listen to the episodes. You don't listen to the episodes. And I kept going, I keep hitting refresh and downloading. That episode that I was not on yes. is not available on iTunes. Uh-oh. Really? Daniel. Yes. Every single time I go to download it, it says error, and it will not download that specific episode, the one that I was not on the first time. 
Uh-oh. So that is my excuse for having not listened to the episode. I now have an excuse. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble now. I have to go yeah. look. I don't. I don't understand why. I don't understand why three thousand other people could download it. I honestly like it. Could be my computer. It could very well be that. But on three separate occasions, I have tried to download all that right, fucking thing. Right, and it keeps right. We can talk error. about this after the show. I, yeah, but I, then, I bet you would have been like six thousand. I will get you the episode. Yeah, to go ahead. Uh, yeah. move you know on. people. I do. Let's move on. Next, Rue sat down with Candy Ho, Max, Jaden Dior, Fierce. And Miss Fame, Candy Ho revealed that she comes from the land of Daniel Brewer. <gasps> Max told us he's not a prude, and Jaden got a message from her mother, and Fame brought a, out a chicken. Ladies, any thoughts on this segment? Donna. The chicken thing, it, it was as if like they wanted to take it to somewhere, and then as soon as she brought out the chicken, they gave up on it. Like, you know I, like I'm curious, because you were there. Yeah. Was there more to yes, that? Yes, there was a lot more to it. So it start the bit started with um Brew asking Miss Fame to do the chicken voice. Yes. The chicken voice. Okay. Sound. And then and, and then she did it and she, the and, then, and then Rue was like the Yeah, then Rue was like, "Oh, we're not really hearing it. Let's do it again." And then I think they may have done it again, but then at some point Miss Fame was said something and you see that on there. She goes, "You know what? Let me bring out a friend." Right. Okay, and then she brings up the chicken, and there was a lot of work with the chicken, and then I think she did the vo- the chicken voice again with the chicken, trying to get the chicken to do it at the same time as she did, and th- they did, they cut it all out. They just brought, here's a chicken. Yeah. Here's a chicken. I don't want to hold it next to me because I don't want it to poop on my couture. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of time spent on that chicken, and I, I was really shocked that they, that they, because everyone was waiting to hear the chicken voice. I mean, everyone loved the chicken voice. Yeah. And that, that was the thing that surprised me, because on Reddit, the spoiler, you know, some of the spoilers about what had happened at the finale. What included, had happened? What had happened. Included that. It's like, oh, what my God. Happened Miss, was... Miss Fame came out with a chicken, and that was great, and, you know, and, and blah, blah. And so there was, like, this whole big buildup on Reddit about, the, oh, my God, this thing you're going to see on the finale is, you know, Miss Fame with a chicken. And it really yeah. didn't play well on TV. But, but that's, again, it's just, it goes back to your point of they just don't l- want to let things lie or they don't want to let well, things Well, the other thing, too, with the, and I, again, Donna made a good point about them being pressed for time. But during the package that they had for Jade about her family, the first video in it was from her brother, who was really funny and like really kind of jokey with her. And was very like, hey, Jaden, it's your brother. I just want to say I'm really proud of you. And then he was like, Girl, did you not think any of us knew you were gay? <laughs> <laughs> and he calls her out. And it's yeah. really, really cute and funny. And they cut all that out and just went to the mom being like, I love you. Yeah. You know? I, and I do. I kind of wish instead of that whole Redux episode that we got last week that we would have just gotten extended interviews of all the queens except for the final three. Like, here, give us uh, you know extended interviews from the live performance of all the previous queens yeah, and or make doing that two parts. Hour. That's what I'm saying. Make that the hour episode the week before the finale, mm-hmm. and then you know go and do the finale, and you know blah blah blah. Anyway, that, again, we don't control any of that stuff. Um, yeah. who who did I miss here? Uh, where are we at? We're let's go on. Finally, oh, no wait, wait, no wait. Set. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh. We, I wanted to say, um, I knew for some reason I knew that Candy Ho was from Connecticut. I don't know why. Uh, I did want to say about Max. <laughs> yeah honey max i know you don't listen to this podcast i know none of you listen to this podcast but max honey if you're gonna say you're not a prude don't follow that up with oh my goodness <laughs> i'm not that much of a prude oh my goodness <laughs> it's just like it just makes you sound like a prude yeah yeah 
<laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. That was all I wanted to say. Go ahead. Finally, Rue sat down with Trixie, Katya, and Kennedy. Trixie performed an impression of Mama Rue. Katya asked Mama Rue to pee on her, and Kennedy told us about stretching her stretching techniques before dancing. During audience questions, Latrice asked Trixie if Max always talked in that fake-ass <laughs> accent. And Kennedy said she would name Katya as a member of All Stars 2. Finally, Katya won Miss Congeniality as awarded to her by Ben de la Creme, who was conjoined at the breast with Michelle Visage. Ladies, any thoughts on this segment? Can I? Okay, there's something weird. Uh, I, I get that they don't ever want to hint on what is coming, but the way that Rue handled that whole All Stars 2, I thought was a little like almost douchey. It was just like, do you know something I don't? It's like, bitch, do another All-Stars. We all want another All-Stars. No, you know what? I thought that too the first time I heard it, but when I was listening to it back today, she said, y'all know something about All-Star 2s that I don't. And it was just like, as in like somebody from season seven was going to get nominated or that Kennedy was going to be able to nominate someone. I, it, I'll make, no, I'll make it even weirder. So after Kennedy says that, they polled everybody. They polled Trixie. Trixie. Everyone said Katya. Yes. The exception was, uh, there were two weird exceptions. One, Kasha, after, and Kasha was one of the last ones, I think, just because she just wanted to break the Katya spell. Right. Kasha well, said would she vote. would nominate Tempest du Jour. Tempest du Jour, because you need an old person on. Yeah. And then Max said, well, I would nominate Katya, but I don't even know why Katya would be in it, because to be honest with you, I think Katya should be in the top three. And the whole theater went crazy. Right? Right. She said Katya shouldn't even be here. Katya should be in the top three. And so that but the the I they went they they polled they polled all the queens and they all said unanimously, essentially Katya. Not unanimously, with one holdout. No, I, and then that's when Rue said oh. So this was an this was, this was after all that thing when y'all know yeah, something. Yeah, that's about, when Rue said, so. Y'all know something about all stars that I don't. Yeah, you so know. so that's what it was. So Donna, it was, the reason okay, it sounded so we, douchey is there was okay. an entire middle section that got edited out there. Yeah, because how it was perceived to uh, perceived portrayed to us, it was just kind of like condoned. Yeah, how it yes, was condoned. How it to was us. condoned to us was just like, what are you guys over here talking about? This this is my decision to do All Stars too if I want to do it, which right. I understand she's bringing it to the UK. But give us another All Stars, okay? You know what? We didn't like drag you. Don't get mad at us about that. Just move on. Give us another All Stars. All right. So I still think it's a negotiation tactic that you know Logo doesn't want to pay. Could be. Uh, so any other thoughts, Donna? No. Oh, well, then I will uh, pick this up. This, of course, was my favorite segment because it had Trixie and Katya, (laughs) my two favorites. Um, I I love Trixie Mattel uh, so much. I I love the fact that uh, she was, like, you know, very moved. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, Her Rue impression, I've heard her say that line before, so that wasn't. On the spot, but she I had still, three or four, and they cut. They only yeah. cut that one. They kept that one. Yeah. yeah, and she's been on numerous podcasts and numerous interviews where she's done those same ones, and that's fine. That's fine because mm-hmm. you know that's what we do. Um, Katya, good God, I love Katya so much. Uh, that is how fucking random is it to <laughs> to say I want to uh, tackle you to the ground, put your wig in my mouth, and have you pee on me. <laughs> that is- I just love that so hard. I love and the Katya. fact that she was willing to say that on television is yeah. just like that. That there's a, there's a love thing right there because it's like I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say it anyway. 
I think she's actually more... I don't know if subversive is the right word. I think she takes it to a further level than even Sharon Needles does. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, Conti, like I said, Conti is very, you know, I can say this because I've met her. Uh, Conti is actually very smart. She's, uh, look at the Twin Peaks outfit. I mean, she's just really cerebral. And look, watch her videos on YouTube. She's just, she's, she puts a lot of thought into stuff. She's a very bright person. I really do love her dearly. Uh, just, she's, she's amazing. Um, I have a new respect for Latrice, who I had previously kind of written off as not being the brightest bulb on the tree, but the, uh, the alocutia, <laughs> didn't I go to high school with her? I like that joke. I was just kind of like, Oh, I like that joke a lot. Um, I had a question for you, Joe Batance. This is question number two on my three yeah. questions for Joe Batance. Yeah. When Binda LaCreme and Michelle came out, yeah. Ben was stage left, Michelle was stage right, yet when mm-hmm. they were giving the reading the thing, it was reversed. Did they twirl around or did they actually reset their costumes for that? I I No, they didn't reset the costume. They must have just twirled around. Okay. There was a lot and I'm sure they cut it, you know, for time, but there was a lot of like moving around the stage and walking around and prancing okay. around. So I'm sure just in that they just turned around. Okay. Um and <laughs> And I did, I, I know it was probably the subtlest of digs, but I did like the Ben de la Creme dig on Logo for the uh, $5,000 from Logo. I know. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, I thought about that was weird is the audience cheered and they cut that out. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's what she said. I know, right? Um, yeah, they're very sensitive about Logo. I don't know why. Because uh, during Bianca's... Um, pre-show jokes she's talking to some guy and she, she insults him and she goes he's probably the president of logo you know and then they cut it right there and because the audience laughs but what she actually went on she went no nah, who am i kidding the he's not a dyke you know or something right. like that and they cut that so i, don't, I guess they're very sensitive about that no, it could just be that they're very sensitive about the lesbian jokes, but it, yeah, they, they logo, of course. I, 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 again, going back to my whole, you know, I, I don't like to talk about it, but I do have a degree in psychology. It's like I, I that whole taking away the female thing where logo completely overreacted on some of the stuff. I think still leaves some battle scars there. Um, what I'm genuinely curious about, and and you are maybe more in the television field than the fuck is that noise? <laughs> Great, I don't know. There's a shuffle. What are, what are you? Are you shuffling around papers or something? Jesus! No, I'm just sitting right here. No, okay. We, we uh, hear no noise, Donna. It is in your Donna. The noise is coming from inside your head. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, my my question is is that so does Ru, RuPaul owns the show? So couldn't RuPaul RuPaul could take this to another network if she wanted to? I'm I'm curious. I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there. Jody, or does she not? Jody, you have thoughts I don't think on this? Ru owns the no, show. I think this is owned by World of Wonder. World of Wonder is the production company behind this that owns the rights oh, okay, to the show. Okay, but I mean, World of Wonder. Wonder Paul- World of Wonder is not RuPaul, by the way. World of Wonder is a is a production company that employs. Oh, okay, her. but World of Wonder is not owned in any way by Logo. No, so no. just like just like what happened with with. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I just went stupid for Project Runway. This mm-hmm. could switch networks. Easily, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I mean, really, this probably could go to to well, uh, Bravo and be even more successful because Bravo knows how to advertise shows. Well, yeah. again, but you yeah. can't say easily because we don't know what the contract was, right? Cause when when this started off as a you know as an unknown, they may have just said, "Oh, well, like we'll give you a one year contract," and then if it got popular, then they signed like a five year. You know, it's, it could just be that they're. You know they're they're up to the point of keeping them for season. By the way, just so you know, World of Wonder is um, based in Hollywood and London. It, it was founded by Randy Barbato and Fenton Bailey. Um, yeah, but Rue's known them for like forty years. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a weird yeah, yeah, yeah. origin story with them. Yeah. So, uh, so here's the thing. You know, I actually had this conversation with a person I know who works right in this field. And he was saying that it wouldn't, Bravo probably wouldn't pick up uh, RuPaul's Drag Race because Bravo doesn't like pretend that it isn't gay. Yeah. That they have shows that aren't gay, but they appeal to gay people and women. So they would never pick up RuPaul's Drag Race because it doesn't fit sort of in their brand, which is overt, it's overtly gay. So they, they, they like to do things that are sort of like, you know, take it right to the limit. They could still have that plausible deniability about how gay it is. Um, and so I don't know how many networks really it could go to, you know. Uh, the other thing is, too, is from what I've seen, the numbers for RuPaul's Drag Race aren't very good. I think it's a very niche show. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's good network. for our logo, but I think it's that's great because. for logo. Yeah, the, yeah. Where Bravo, I think, has much better numbers than that. So to, yeah. this would be like a really low rated program on, on Bravo, whereas, you know, Logo is willing to pay for it because. You know, there and and that that's what I think the concern would be with any other network is they would be like, well, it, it, it is is it a niche show and it pretty much has the audience it's going to have, or can we grow it? Maybe they just because okay, we well, have that, to ask. Go ahead. Okay, then to take my question further, mm-hmm. could could a better advertising team or firm or network make this show better? Who knows? And get a larger listenership. Yeah, I think that's beyond our. Our field of expertise here. Well, you're okay. saying could someone come in like a different production company or different an advertiser? I'm not saying I'm not necessarily a product because the production company handles the production side of it. I mean, could someone come in and advertise the show in a better way to get more people watching? Well, that's get- the thing is the advertiser going to want to see bigger numbers, and there's something going on with advertising because they did lose a lost absolute. Even though I read a thing about absolute. Which might not have to do with the show, but about absolute when the, when RuPaul's Drag Race came out was doing a push uh, in the gay market, and it ran into problems because then they would they were doing this push, and so they would associate themselves with RuPaul's Drag Race and these drag shows, and they were doing this big gay marketing push, but then they would start to do their absolute thing where it they wanted to be the only alcohol at. Right. All the bars. And they wanted to be the only alcohol at Pride. And so when they got blowback on that and people were fighting that, then they just lost interest in the gay market. So that's probably why they lost Absolute, because it was just that their plan for taking over the gays just wasn't working. Um, yeah, I can see but, that. Yeah, but their numbers are really small, so they're not going to... Re- and then also there's, the, there's just the thing where even though uh, Drag Race isn't really a, a controversial show, it does... It is about drag queens and gay people, and I think a lot of big advertisers are just going to shy away from that. They don't want the drama. So okay, so I, I know I, I totally derailed the show with these. This no, no, no. You oh, know what? I like this stuff. I like I, talking about this stuff. To me, honestly, it's like World of Wonder to just do it themselves, right? It's like this is 2015, right? Do it on the internet. I would pay instead of me paying an extra ten bucks a month for logo 
I I would happily pay the extra ten bucks, you know, a month to to be able to watch this. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, screw this. Well, they could they could probably you know what that's not a bad idea, Daniel. They could easily you know YouTube is getting into original content, Um, Vimeo is getting into original content. One of these Uh, online people could definitely. What I would say, what I would say is that RuPaul's Drag Race should not be the tester for online content (laughs) on YouTube. I would, if I were them, I would let YouTube work out that whole system first. I would say that RuPaul's Drag Race could probably do very well on Netflix because you see Netflix. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, no, no, no. I'm saying they don't need a distributor. They, they could just do it themselves they, on the world of wonder website, right? They could just a, a monthly subscription of 10 bucks for me to watch this show on their world war, you know, in HD on the thing. It's like, they've got just from, you look at untucked on YouTube, right? Which is free for everyone to watch, but it has like 250,000 viewers pretty much for every episode. It's like there's a quarter of a million people. It's like you multiply ten bucks a month times a quarter of a million people. That, that more than pays for the show, right? It's yeah, like, and Amazon and Netflix might not be out of the picture. Maybe that's yeah. me. Wow, is I mean, World of Wonder is looking at you know, uh, yeah, because and also because Netflix and Amazon will have more reach. Actually, believe it or not, than Logo. Logo's in very few homes, and that's sort of the problem. That's where you get in this weird chicken and egg thing. Is maybe only two hundred fifty thousand people are watching it, or three hundred fifty thousand? Yep, because. They're not yeah. in that many homes, but also it's, it's a tricky thing too because, as like Daniel does, as a lot of people do, those numbers still don't reflect it because a lot of people are going to bars to watch it. So the bar Nielsen wise counts as a person. Yep. Even no, if there's forty eyes on it, right? And on top of that, it's like a lot of the bars, like the ones in Providence and some of the other bars that I've been to, don't even play it on the night that it airs because they don't have logo in that market. So it's like oh. the the. Logo TV is not in Providence, Rhode Island, so it's like in order for them to play it at that bar, they have to do it on another night so that they can download the episode and play it in HD. It's, it, you know, so it's like, yeah, Logo does not have Logo is not on a lot of cable networks, and Logo HD is almost unheard of anywhere. So yeah, I, I again, we're in the weeds here, but I just think, you know, fine, just do it yourself. I'm all for rolling it yourself, right? I'm all for doing it yourself. So I think a lot of times you see production companies, especially one that's as old as World of Wonder, and the, they're very afraid of that. They they only they they want to do what they know. Yeah, but you're, I so. mean, so so what? So you're gonna? I'm not saying they're right. No, I, no, I I'm saying, right, I'm saying but, yeah. To me, it's just kind of like, come on, guys. It's like I know for a fact that Logo is not paying you what uh, two and a half million or four four million for that. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not making a lot of money with that no. show. I think we think they are, but I think. I think the budgets are really razor thin, and I think they're they need they do need to move it somewhere. I don't know where it would go though. Anyway, where we at? Anyway, (laughs) where we at, Joe Batanz? I'm completely lost now. You know what? There's always time for a cocktail or for a crowning. There's always time for a crowning. For the final segment, the girls enter one by one from the back of the house. Bianca Del Rio enters in her best trophy realness, and Katya makes one last appearance before Rue crowns Violet Chachki as America's next drag superstar. Ladies, any thoughts on the final decision? Now, before we get to the final decision, these final looks... I, yeah. I just want to touch on, and I want to read these queens because I okay. notice this every fucking year. If you think, <laughs> if you think you're gonna get crown bitches, you need to wear the appropriate hair. You need to be ready to attach that crown to your head because I want to see a crown on. 
This is the first time we have seen Ginger Minge in a different kind of hair, and this hair was hideous. God, it was. Putting a fucked up teardrop jewel on the side doesn't change the fact that it looks like you glued like a clump of hair to your forehead. It just looks stupid. And your outfit with the two fucking rubbery leather shoulder pads. I mean, I don't know what this was. It really looks like, I mean, the good, it looks like the Goodyear tire guy, his mistress. It's, it's hideous. Um, Pearl's outfit is boring. It, it's just boring. It's the same. T- I mean, do you wear any other color? She wore no other color to this episode other than white and cream. Pearl. That's it. That's She's wearing pearl. She's, I, yeah, I, okay, I get that. I would give you that. <laughs> but come on. Come on. That accentuate it in a different color. Give something other. It's just boring. Girl, there are and black it, pearls. There are black it, pearls. There are chocolate pearls. Shit, put some brown on. I don't give a shit. But it, it looks like she's wearing the same wig that she wore before. Violet came out in a whole new fucking outfit. This outfit was life because it was amazing. Of these three queens, I'm looking at the three of them right now because I paused it on the video. Violet should be wearing the crown, and she was. Did you, uh, as, as a side note on Violet's outfit, did you see those fucking heels? Yeah. And she walked down an, the aisle in a theater, which is sloped. She walked down an aisle in the theater, a sloped aisle in a theater in what, what like 15 inch heels or whatever the fuck those things were. It's like she mm-hmm. should not have been able to stand up. And she walked down the aisle like that. Yeah, she must have been dead because those girls, I mean, if, if I was sitting down watching it for six hours, imagine not having to be in heels and corsets and everything like that for six hours. And they've been doing it all day too. Ugh. Yeah. So envy them. I will say the last this. One, I'm sorry. And then I'm sorry. Just the last look thing. You don't have to play the music or anything. Fucking Bianca. Fucking Bianca. <laughs> Bianca walked out there in that silver gold outfit and, and everyone's pussy dropped. Okay. Everyone yeah. prolapsed at that moment because that outfit was ridiculous. I mean, you couldn't tell what was fabric and what was skin. It was stunning. Yes. Stunning. Oh my god, it was so good. Okay, sorry. Please move. I, don't, I, don't th- I gagged when I was there. I don't think anyone. I, I gagged. I don't think anyone's seen Bianca since then. She could still have it on. Uh, I, I have a question though. I have a question, yes. Donna. Yes. What did you think during the whole Katya joke? I uh, this is where. I, where I took it to a deeper level is because Katya played it up. The performance that Katya was giving during the whole water bottle sip thing was hysterical. I had to rewind and watch it over and over again because her face is so good. I mean, she was really like, am I getting in trouble? Am I gonna win? Like, it was just, it was, that performance was everything. And it was, it was hysterical. To me... I was in the bar. They were announcing the winner. I couldn't watch. I, I just I was so nervous that Ginger was going to win. I could I turned my head away. I was there with my friend Abe. I grabbed onto Abe's arm and I just I was digging my fingernails into his into his arm. I mean it's just like I was just like like oh god god please not Ginger please not Ginger please not Ginger. And then I heard Katya. I peed myself. It was just like uh it was I, cause I wasn't watching the TV, so I didn't know that it was a setup where I just heard Katya, will you come here? And I was just like, oh my God. And it's like everyone in the bar also, uh, you know, was also freaking out. Um, 
that was it was an amazing little funny thing. I think the funniest thing. Wait, hold on for a second, Daniel. But didn't I tip this hand to you when we were talking before we recorded last time when I was telling Richard? Nope, because you said I don't want to. You know, no, I'll, I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, okay. But the the funniest thing to me, if you go over to the uh, which website is this? Which YouTube channel is this one on? Uh, check my history. I think it's at the Logo TV YouTube channel. There is a video that is called, uh, let me mute this, it's called the Top Three Queens Watch the Finale Live. So there was a an event that took place in New York City at Studio 48, um, or excuse me, Stage 48, uh, that where all the queens got together to watch the finale live because they don't know who won, right? <laughs> they 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 filmed three different versions, right? So they filmed all three of them winning. So they they don't know who won. And it it is a video that kind of intersperses the show back and forth between the the top 3 sitting on a couch watching it together. And it gets to that final point. And let me see if I can find this spot on the video because it was it was uh, it, this may be more visual. <sighs> I hope it's not. Gonna get there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's right here where Rue says. <laughs> Katya. <laughs> God, it's like all we were there for this. We should know this was coming. They're all three staring at the screen. And when Rue says Katya, they're all just like, what? <laughs> and finally, Violet's like, God damn it. We were there. We should know this. We knew this happened. How did we get sucked into this again? Uh, but then they show the, the final moment, uh, you know, with them. They're, they're watching the actual moment when Violet wins. And it, it is amazing. It's uh, Violet just is is. She, I, she's just speechless. I mean, she's I, if, if you wanted a definition of someone being speechless and just uh, completely enjoying it. I mean, she's she's just amazing. Uh, she's amazed that, that that happened. And the one thing I will say about Violet, I know that um, there were several people in the bar who were other fans. They were Pearl fans or they were Ginger fans. And they took to the internet to voice their disapproval of Violet winning and everything. And the same thing that I've been saying, well, the same, the thing that I've been saying to people that have told me that, that they don't believe that the right queen won was, you know what? Violet Chachki never once lip sync for her life. She was never once in the bottom two on any single challenge. She won several of them. Uh, she was safe on all of them. She never, ever like was in the bottom two ever this entire season. You cannot say that about any other queen. She sewed and designed her own outfits. She gave us something new and she is truly, I mean, she, she deserved to win this. The one thing that strikes me, the one memory that I have of Violet Chachki is the week that Kennedy and Katya were lip syncing mm -hmm. for their life. And Violet was in the background with that little Hello Kitty outfit on, mm -hmm. cheering them on and loving watching them perform. I mean, she truly, she, she truly loves drag. She truly loves this whole thing. And you gotta, you know, you got to represent, I mean, if, if, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you want someone to represent drag to the world, it needs to be someone who loves drag and she loves the entire thing. And I, my hat's off to her. I'm, I'm very happy that she won. What are your thoughts, Donna? About the fact that she won. I, it's of the three. I, I approve of her winning. I think that it's great. I think that she really brought it this last episode. I think that her last lip sync uh, for this was great. I think that the outfit she wore at the very end was an outfit for a winner. 
that I mean that outfit was really probably the best thing you've seen her in, and it was stunning. And she's really it, she started off so hateable. <laughs> it's hateable. I don't know. It's hateable a word. She just started out so despicable. How you would say that? Or yeah, she started off and she wasn't liked. But I mean, if you if you're a statistics kind of person, if you look at it analytically, if you look at it in that way that's just kind of based on numbers and things like that, you kind of she kind of had to win. Yeah. Because just like Daniel said, I mean, you can't sit there and say to someone who like Ginger or Pearl, who was on the bottom so many times, and then someone who's never been on the bottom, oh, sorry, well, these people who were kind of sucky at the beginning but got better later on, they're, they're better than you, even though you were in the middle or on the top the entire run. Right. Yeah, it, it is almost like an, an inevitability thing there that, that happens. Um, my my uh, Yeah, I was very happy that Violet won. Um, obviously I would have loved it if Katya had won, but, uh, I think Violet is something new. I think Violet is, she's young. She's got uh, a lot of years ahead of her. I love the fact I know, I don't know one way or the other, whether she's, I know, didn't I just say, I know, I don't know. It's like, suddenly I'm Donald Rumsfeld. There's things I know and there's things I know I don't know. I don't think that she's like embarrassed about the whole porn thing and everything. I happen to kind of love that. I kind of happen to love the fact that she's like just embraces the, uh, you know, the, every aspect of this kind of, you know, out there kind of thing. Uh, the, mm. the, the fringe as it were. Uh, I love some of her statements about, you know, that she feels more, uh, connected to the transgender communities than she does to the gay community. And, um, I, I think that she's someone to watch. I think she's going to be great coming up. I mean, I, I really do. Well, there you go. However, yeah, did you, did, did, uh oh, what? Go ahead. What were you oh, gonna say? Didn't you have a third question? I did. I have a third question, and I have a clip to play. But um, so here's my question for you, Donna. Do you have anything else to say about the uh, the, the, no, the crowning? And no, everything? please. Okay. Please here's ahead. my here's my final question for you, who was at the taping. Um, oh, by the way, by the way. Oh, I have two things. One thing is, is that our eagle-eyed uh, viewer, our eagle-eyed listener, uh, um musing mark who sent us the screenshot of you after the pearl curse of pearl clip also found the second sighting of joe batance which was on the uh, the crowning when the queens were entering down the aisle mm-hmm. there is a yeah. clear shot of uh mexican hobo joe batance uh clapping for pearl as as she is- walks by I'm me, so I know what I look like. And that's the only instance I caught of myself. How he spotted the other one? He doesn't even know me. Do I, you know what? I saw it, too. And when, when I was rewatching it today, when they said Curse of Pearl, and it clips, because it's literally, you're staring right at the camera. So it's like a, a dead-on face shot. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's Joe Batanz. Um So I wanted to, uh, here's my third question. What was the order? So this is what you told me, that they only did the Katya bit the first time and then from that point forward they filmed three different oh. endings right mm-hmm. so they they didn't do a fake out katya thing three times they no. did the fake out katya thing and then reset and then basically did the winner three times yeah. from that point forward mm-hmm. what was the order of filming ginger pearl violet so violet was the third Mm-hmm. So by that time, they'd all like been through all their... And like yeah. I said last time, remember I was like, oh, I think there's a deep game going on. Are there morons? Mm-hmm. They're clearly morons. <laughs> because Ginger 
got no ending. It was like, uh, it's Ginger Minge, you know, right. and then she walked down the runway once and then like, okay, they just stopped taping. Okay. <laughs> then with Pearl, um, she walked down the runway. She's all like, um, uh, it was a weak sort of like, um, like, uh, well, you know, thanks for coming. Not even thanks for coming. Just like, uh, if you can't love yourself, how you can let anybody else stop right. taping. Then with Violet, it was so much attention was paid to this one. It was like, uh, walked down the prance, my queen, walked down the runway. She walked down several times. She came back. Uh, can I get an amen? You know, can I do this? Buddy Blue, good night, everybody. Have a good time. You know, like it was, it was such a more elaborate ending that they filmed for Violet that it was so obvious. And yet, you thought so <laughs> they were going to go completely oh, the other deep way. Game going on here. <laughs> so they basically to, like, they basically yeah. faked you out by being uh, you know incompetent. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is the one the one clip because you you and I had talked earlier about whether there were really any clips that we could pull from this yeah. episode or not, and there weren't. However, uh, World of Wonder has been posting videos ever since the filming of the finale. Um, 12 Days of Crowning is what they called them originally. And now they're posting all kinds of like uh, untucked extras. Um, all of them are, are hilarious and worth watching. And uh, I love uh, Adore and Katya together doing their little thing. Um, go over to the World of Wonder YouTube channel. There's like tons of shit there to watch. It's just amazing. However, one of the videos, and I wanted to play this clip because this just made me laugh out loud, uh, was the, the, the video is called the... Um, uh, catchphrases of season seven. So they're asking people what their favorite catchphrase from season seven was. And people are giving what you would expect, right? You know, there's always time for a cocktail or IJS or, you know, uh, come through, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to Katya, this is why she should have won. This was her answer to the, to the it's whole thing. It's not a catchphrase. It's more of a catch paragraph. Um, after a long night of hooking, trade, didn't like the session, so he had girded me, but I didn't die. I had been crystallized and reborn as a glamazon bitch ready for the runway. No. <laughs> I just love that. I'm sorry. What I know a, I stand What a great on, transition into listener email. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. We do have some email this week. Uh, thank you, folks, for uh, writing it in as I tap dance as I go and find the actual website for the uh, email. Uh, as I had stated before, we had a eagle-eyed listener, Musing Mark, who sent us both of the screenshots of spotting Joe Batanz. Um, But then we have this. Uh, we Uh-oh. we. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, we we this came in during our off week, the week that we didn't record. Mm-hmm. This comes in from Musing Mark. He's like, "Hi guys, Trixie as Anne Frank is so wrong, but her skit is genius." Did you know what he's talking about? No. There's a YouTube clip. Uh, Trixie originally wanted to play Anne Frank in in Snatch Game. Snatch Game. Yeah, uh-huh. and they wouldn't let her. But there is a YouTube clip of of her doing the bit. It's very funny to watch. Just to, uh, go to YouTube and search for Trixie and Frank and you'll find it. Uh, he continues, Gravitas, another one of our listeners went to Rucon in Los Angeles and I interviewed him about it on the experience. It will be on a future episode of musings of a tech writer, which is musing Mark's podcast. Thanks to Joe for his reporting on the finale. And I do know that Gravitas was posting many pictures from the, uh, Paul's drag con. 
And I'm deeply mm-hmm. offended. Everyone, I know many people who went there, and many people know that I am a huge fan of, of Chu Wong Fu. It, it's yes. one of my favorite movies of all time. And not a single person got an autographed damn picture of Julie Newmar. She was signing the picture from the movie. I wanted it. You know she's going to die soon. Oh, my favorite. She's going to die before the next drag con, and I'm not going to get to see her. Oh, my favorite post from Gravitas was just like, I was just, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, my God. Alaska just walked by. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was that's hysterical. Yeah. Anyway, uh, love or hate this season, few TV shows inspired this level of growing fascination. That's a tribute to the army of people who make this show happen. Many of them unsung. While this season hasn't been the best, TV shows about drag queens really are an exception of most stuff on TV. So I'm appreciative that Drag Race exists at all. Just throwing that out there. And thanks to you all for feeding the beast that is drag race i'll miss the fresh episode of the recap podcast thanks for your time and efforts musing mark i would just like to point out i i said before i i believe donna if you're up for it donna and i and some other drag folks and joe as long as you're up for it joe, what? we will be uh doing some periodic episodes about just drag just general drag just like uh, what it what it takes to do drag and all that kind of stuff yes Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> why are you people not saying anything? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I was muted. My bad, girl. Yes. I was in, I was deep into a conversation <laughs> with myself. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. No. Absolutely. I'm, there's always people on YouTube that are posting videos of drag performances and vi- uh, music videos that some of these queens that think they have to put out as soon as they get voted off the show. Yeah. So there's definitely stuff that we can talk about in between seasons. Excellent. So I, I'm looking. There's to always that. time. For a podcast. There's always yes. time for a podcast. Maybe we should get Mrs. Kasha Davis on because, you know, oh, I've been, I've been so kind. I know she will. <laughs> no, after all I've said about her, she would never come on the show. Anyway, uh, this was the email that I guys talked to you about in uh, the pre-show. Uh-oh. You've never, I'm the only one that has read this. Uh, this comes in from our listener, Luke, who says, hey, all. Uh-oh. <laughs> No I know you. Why are why hey, are you wait? Why? Let, let him read it first. Right, let okay. me read it. I just. I, all right. I've been listening to you all since the beginning of this current season of RuPaul's Drag Race. To be honest, he, yeah, I know. Anytime you see, to be honest, there was like, there's always something coming, right? To be honest, I didn't really like you guys at first. You all seem to be biased bitches. <laughs> Okay. True. Okay. That's true. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we never okay. claimed to be objective reporters here, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but okay. for some reason, I kept coming back for more. Because you love us, yeah. that's why. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, the more I listened to you all, the more I started to like this show. I actually started to look forward to hearing you all each week to see what you had to say about this week's episode. This is like the definition of like Stockholm Syndrome, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's it. That's the new name of the podcast. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Daniel, Joe, and Adam. And Donna. Yes. I'm sad to see the season end and very sad that Katya didn't make the top three. I actually cried a bit when she got eliminated. Oh, I did too. I stopped watching the show because of my disappointment, but now I ended up catching up for the reunion and crowning tonight. I don't really care who wins anymore. In my mind, Katya already took the crown. It'll be interesting to see who takes the crown home tonight, though. I love you guys. You are great and love the show. Keep up the good work, Luke. Thank you so much, Luke. Oh, that is so nice of Luke. (laughs) 
I love Luke. Now, you know what, Luke? Me, and you can hear him on instant gratification. No, no, no. This is no. Oh. This is not that Luke. No, this That's is a, not that Luke. No, it's a, it's a Luke that we don't know. Um, oh I was. My God. This is okay. Luke. This now, is Luke L U Q. Now, something Luke kind of hinted on, and it started me thinking here. And you guys tell me if I'm totally off on a tangent. I'm totally way off base here. Do you think that if this show was entirely based on the votes of the audience, if if the winners would not have been the people we see as miscongeniality? Yes. Like, are the miscongeniality the people that were the most liked by the audience? I don't know, because Ivy Winters won. Do you think she was, Ivy. like, on the level of Ben and Katya where she felt robbed? Winters, no, I don't. No, I. But okay. I think if if it had if this show was done more live, more real time, like let's say like you know Big Brother or something, where the the audience participation, yeah, I think it would be completely different outcomes. I mean, I can't count the number of weeks that we all go, what, what the fuck, what the fuck did they see? Because we we saw something completely different. Um, but let's go back to Luke's email. Oh, it's not done. There's more. No, oh no, 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 no. I no, it's I'm, I'm done with the email. I wanted to talk about Luke's email though. You know what? I really didn't like Luke at, Earth at first, to be honest. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> but, I think that it's very honest for you to say. I, frankly, if it it could have been more hateful. But as his I email as his email went on, I uh, I found myself wanting to read more and more of it, and uh, you know, I ended up uh, loving him. So there you go. Thank let you, me man. tell you, Luke. Let me tell you something. I didn't like these bitches at first when I met them either. <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't like me at first. And then I got to know me more and them. And I like all of us now. This podcast is a lot like, I'm going to use two food objects, Mm -hmm. soy milk and green tea. Those two things, no one wakes up one day and says, "Mm, I love me some soy milk. No, you have to gradually get used to it. And you're like, yeah, whatever, it's soy milk. I'm going to drink it with my cereal every morning. Or green tea. Green tea is disgusting, but people drink it every morning because it's good for them. Just you know like what? this podcast. No, we never claim to be objective in any way, shape, or form. We are just fans of the show. We have our own opinions. We have our own favorites. We have our own uh, unfavorites. Uh, but we are glad that you listen, Luke, and we look forward to your continued patronage of our show. All right, our final. <laughs> I have to try really hard. I know, unfortunately, I think it's just my my personality. I don't know if you guys have the same issue. I don't think I can really be impartial. Like I'm no. not an impartial person. I think I it, it happens on every show I ever watch. I immediately pick a favorite. I immediately pick the one that I love, and then I fucking hate everybody else. Here's the thing: I was harder on Mrs. Kasha Davis and Jasmine Masters than I would be on most people. But if I was at a club and met Mrs. Kasha Davis or Jasmine Masters, I would totally be fangirl all over their ass. I would just be like, oh, you're Jasmine Masters. Hi, how are you? Let me buy you a shot. Is you know fangirl another word to use for semen? <laughs> no. No, it's oh. not. Our final email comes in from Musing Mark, who writes, on the Logo TV app, there is a Whatcha Packin' episode with Ginger. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for the Hold email. Hold on, Mark. I was oh. I was swallowing. <laughs> what you packing is a video short where Michelle uh, talks to departed queens. Ginger was supposed to be in the final three. So what the hell? Correct me if I'm wrong, but 
this had to have been filmed when they taped the show. So it seems like Ginger was never in the top three. Can this be? So, oh my goodness, I just burped. I have to edit that out. I did a little bit of research here for you, uh, Musing Mark. Here's the the Logo TV website and the Logo TV app and the Logo TV YouTube channel are all the fuck out of sync. They all have different things in different orders and it's really hard to search any of them. But I did some searching and what you will find if you go to the Logo TV YouTube channel is that there was a Whatcha Packin' with Ginger and a Whatcha Packin' with Pearl both of them labeled as Whatcha Packin' with the runner-ups that came out the day after the finale aired. So yes, they were taped at the time that they were leaving the hotel a year ago, but I'm sure they filmed one with Violet Violet Chosky also that just didn't get aired. So it's like... I haven't watched it yet. Those yet. But the point of Whatcha Packin' was to show off the clothes you didn't get to use in the show. (laughs) Well, no, but it was also to... Yeah, that was the initial point of it. But also it was kind of like more of their backstories and everything. Like I didn't know that Pearl was from Tampa, which is actually where I'm from. I didn't know that Pearl was actually from Tampa, moved to Chicago, and now is in New York City, so... It's like an exit interview from any type of, of show or, or job or something like that. It's just their chance to kind of like set, settle things down and have their closing. Mm-hmm. I, I found them the most amusing thing that I found for my evil little unbiased or my evil little biased heart here is that Ginger's uh, YouTube clip is labeled as runner up number two and Pearl's is labeled as runner up number one. <laughs> so. I so don't, what you're trying to say is that Ginger she, came in third place. Yes, yeah, she came she, in third place. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go, Musing Mark. That is the research that I did, the extensive research that I did, which is basically just going to their YouTube channel and trying to figure it out. But I, I really hate this. I really hate that Logo TV and World of Wonder don't have better interfaces to their videos than YouTube, which YouTube is just so, it's such a clunky fucking interface. It's so hard to keep track of what's coming in at the right time because all of these, like Logo TV's YouTube channel and World of Wonders YouTube, they all have other content other than Drag Race. So that content gets lost in it. And it's just like you have to kind of like go to the master video page to try to find it. It's like you have to do a lot of work to try to keep up with their stuff. I wish they would make some sub channels or something to like kind of keep this separate. Anyway. I I will say the, the mustache John from John and John, their recaps. Oh, yes. He's so cute. I like. The 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 Bear John. I like Bear John more than Mustache John. Ugh, I like Mustache John so much. Oh, no. Bear John is hot. Bear John is hot. And Donna Sugars would have, would agree with me. I have no idea who you guys are talking about. <gasps> oh my god. We're we want to talk after the show. No, no, no. Uh Bear John so much better. However Are you thinking about the YouTube recaps? Yes. I have not seen these because it was only just recently that I had access to an internet capable of watching uh, YouTube videos. So, yes, we are talking about the YouTube recaps. But here's the thing uh, about uh, the John and John recap. Um, did, did you watch this last one, Joe? Yeah. Uh, my favorite line of that was when uh, Bear John, no, when, when Mustache John asked Bear John, what was your favorite line of the season? And he said, knitter, please. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's end the show. Please, let's put ourselves out of this misery. Put ourselves out of this misery. Well, thank you for joining us for the final recap of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7. Visit our website, pride48.com slash rdrr, where you can find all of our contact information. Leave us a comment for no apparent reason and find all of our old episodes. So for Don, for, Don, for Daniel Brewer, Daniel Sugars, and let's do this again. 
So for Daniel Brewer, Donna Sugars, and myself. Sashay away until next season. Yes. Or maybe All-Stars. Doubtful.